when you wish upon a star. Hello, humans, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Mickey Dudes Podcast. I am your host, with more regular appearances, I might add, Chuck Fitzgerald. And alongside me today are three fantastic rotating Mickey Dude commentators. They're spinning in their seats because they're rotating, everybody. Rotations, they're spinning around. I can't spin too far, my headphones will fall out. Dave didn't understand the joke. But... Alongside me are, from South Carolina, Kyle Ostrander. I'm, I'm South Carolina this time? Yeah, I know where All you right, are. Well, I found out that um, you know, I'm part of a nomadic tribe called the Heliquy. You ever heard of these guys? Nope. No, I, the, the location nope. doesn't matter. You know, I, did the, I did the 25 and mean thing and got back that, you know, I got this nomadic tribe in my, in my uh, lineage, and... They're, like I said, they're nomadic, so whenever they get to a place, they call, they say, what hell are we? Uh, you know, that was a long setup for a very <laughs> subpar joke. That was rubbish. Uh. <laughs> Happy Father's Day, everybody. Yeah, and we're sorry. I'm not sorry at all. Um, Hopefully not telling a five-minute joke. Stephen Maxwell. I'm surrounded by with a hell of a idiots. You even got Joe smiling, man. That works. Oh boy! And from Jersey, I think, based on his background, New Jersey, Jersey today, today. Yes. Yeah, he's in New Jersey today. Joe Quattrochi. A monorail's foot golf and diet Epcot. Yeah. Can't wait. Well. Uh, kind of how Joe just prefaced what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about the news going on around the Walt Disney World. We like to do these occasionally. Um, Sometimes we dabble into things that we've already talked about, but it's good to get differing opinions on the things that are going around in the Walt Disney World. Um, So, first and foremost, you know what's always going on in Walt Disney World? Joffrey's Coffee. And DVC Rental. So let's hear a word from our fantastic sponsors. Whether it's the first sip of French roast at your Disney resort or the grand finale of a signature dining experience at a restaurant like Le Cellier, Chico, or the California Grill, Joffrey's Coffees make Disney memories more magical. Why not savor that Disney vacation just a little bit longer while enjoying a cup of Joffrey's in the comfort of your own home? Visit Joffrey's, the official coffee and tea company of Disney, online today at joffreys.com joffreys coffee and tea a flavor for every disney memory who has the largest selections of dvc resale listings and is the number one dvc reseller in the world who has 90 percent of their listings sell within 30 days with no upfront fees who has 95 years of combined disney vacation club experience and has been selling dvc since 1993 who has over $360 million in sales of DVC, 
The answer, my friends, is the same for every single question. It's DVC Resale Market. If you're in the market for buying Disney Vacation Club or have any questions about DVC, then look no further than DVC Resale Market. Nick, Kevin, and the whole team will do their very best to get you exactly what you need and answer any questions that you might have. Take a look at their website for some great information, their latest listings, or just some FAQs. We would like to thank DVC Resale Market for being part of our team. And now it's your turn. Let them be part of your team when buying DVC. Check them out at DVCResaleMarket.com. So, first and foremost, have you guys seen any news on Disney Twitter from this past week about uh, my Disney experience basically crashing and burning again? Not until right now. Not until right now. Thank, Thank you, Kyle. So, Disney is doubling down on their investment into my Disney experience, and they're going to be putting everything into MDE and Tides of Your Magic Bands. Um, we're talking the disability access system. We're talking child swap. We're talking fast passes, obviously, and dining credits and everything that's already there. But Disney, it's really going away from the paper environment. Now, paper in, or saving the earth and getting rid of the paper is a great thing because, you know, the earth is good breaking news here on the mickey dudes podcast earth is good there's a tagline for you um, hashtag earth is good hashtag earth is good when you when you listen to this tweet at dave koch at figments reality hashtag earth is good he won't know what it is because he's not editing this show um <laughs> <laughs> so what are your guys opinions on everything going to the the digital era so there's going to be no more paper anything potentially coming from disney now that in theory sounds great but with the uh how to put this nicely ability to stay active in my disney experience not being the best it's not very uh, reliable how is this going to impact your vacation if you guys, if Disney does go to all paperless, all everything, all the time, and MDE goes down? What is this going to do to you? Let's start with uh, Stephen. Well, if it goes, if MDE goes down, that's it. You're screwed because nobody's got that good a memory. You know, when you're booking your fast passes sixty days out, yes, you go for the biggest rides. Yes, you do it all in order of what what parts you're going to be in it. MDE goes down, you've had it. You're never going to remember what time you're going to be out there at. And if you have to go to a booth to log in to actually see where you're at, the lines there are just going to be absolutely enormous. I think the way forward is if they can get my Disney experience to work a lot better than it is, and with Wi Fi being not the most coherent Wi Fi you can get. In the parts, I think it's a better thing to actually have everything digital and put on one thing. I do like the idea that you know you don't have to carry about thing, you know, bits of paper. You don't have to carry about, you know, the only thing you've got to carry about is your your magic band. Even when we were talking about before, when you can go to your front door with your your mobile phone to to log you in, you know, to get through your into your 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 room. What's the point of doing that? If you've got a magic band in your arm, this is because 
What can, what can the percentage of people have not got magic bands actually say on site? None. So what's the point of having your mobile phone? Well, that's there? actually a really good point, Stephen. So maybe we're misreading the tea leaves here, and it's it's not necessarily a magic band only thing. Maybe Disney could go in the direction of cell phone only thing. I mean, they have Wi-Fi throughout the entire resort, yeah. right? With the exception of on roads and things like that, but when you wouldn't need um, the Wi-Fi, but all the resorts have it, all the parks have it. What if the next step for Disney isn't to get rid of um, paper only, but get rid of paper and magic bands and then have everything be on your Do you smartphone? I think they've invested so much money into my magic band that that would be sort of self-defeating. Well, God, yeah. It would be, but it it's kind of indicative of the times. I mean, technology is always evolving, and unless you're on Carousel of Progress, in which case you're still playing the same games from 1970. <laughs> um... They did, thankfully, replace that TV. But could this be a way of the future? And obviously Disney's going to need huge infrastructure um, upgrades because MDE's reliability right now is not there. But Kyle, what are, you, what are your thoughts on Disney stepping into the technology <clears throat> game? The thing about technology is someone's always going to go wrong with it. And you're always going yep. to need that paper backup. You know, yeah, that redundancy. That paper's never, it, the paper's not going to go away. At all, because if you go if you go get your fast pass or you you go to I don't know I don't know how it's, you go to a fast pass you go to get, do your do your uh your your child swap and okay. oh child swaps down oh here you go here's your paper. You know, here's your paper fast pass anyway they're going to have it's going to be on time going to be on seat on going to be there anyway you get you try to get into your room with your cell phone that's I don't trust that thing. Well, I don't know if I don't trust it, but reliability is an issue. And then what, so what you're doing when you access anything via Bluetooth is you're giving the ability for that reader to read anything mm-hmm. on your phone, whether or not you give it permission to or not. So that's yeah. not, not to be, you know, tinfoil hat guy, but that's a little concerning. Yeah. And they might go, they might go to the part where you actually show your phone with a barcode. Hey, scan my magic band, whatever. Some some, you know some people don't have you know very good screens, mm-hmm. and it'll take them thirty minutes to. Oh, your phone's not. Well, reading. don't break your, your phone's phone. Not reading very well, sir. Well, I'm sorry. There it is. That's all I got. So what I'm showing to everyone in the chat right now, which is great for an audio podcast, right. is this past weekend we went to Cedar Point, as you can see, or well, they can see mm-hmm. right up here. This is my ticket. It's on my cell phone. I can't get rid of it. I can't figure out why I can't get rid of my ticket on my cell phone for a trip that's already happened. Not the point. Oh, you just go up there but, to the I and push delete. Yeah. Well, no, I, I tried that, and I can't delete it. That sounds like a personal problem. <laughs> In any case, um, this was great to have. Uh, having my ticket on my cell phone was great to have because I didn't need to worry about what I was going to carry around. I had my cell phone. Heather had her cell phone, and that was that. Um, so if Disney puts ticket media on cell phones, I'm all for that because that way you have it built into the phone's memory and you don't have to worry about pulling it from MDE, um, which like we said, isn't the most reliable. No, everybody's got a smartphone. I mean, that's why the booths are there, obviously to do your, right. your, your fast passes out with a having a smartphone. So if you go along, especially if you're going away on vacation, especially if you're coming for the UK, you might not want to take your iPhone so with you. You might not want to take an expensive phone on, uh, you know, 
Kilimanjaro safaris or uh, anything that might get wet. You know, if you're out there and you're, you're phoning, Cali River Rapids. I mean, if you're if you're mm-hmm. there and your phone gets wet, chances are it might not work. And if it works, it might go down for an hour. You know, until it sort of it picks itself mm-hmm. back up again. I've seen folk that have just taken sort of dialer phones with them just so they can get in contact with each other in the park. But they've still obviously got to go to the the booths to get their fast passes updated once their initial three are done. So dialer phones, is that a burner phone? Yeah. Aye, not not a smartphone. Yeah, burner. Okay. Aye. Okay, no one's saying anymore. Yeah, no one says yeah. dialers. They don't even say that over here. I would just use the proper English. They don't even say that over here. I would just try to get an idea of what a and another phone would be like rather than a smartphone, a dialer phone. It's, it's a burner. It kind of, it kind of looks like this, uh, my, my uh, computer mouse. Cheerio. Yeah, hello. Oh, okay. We're sorry, everyone from the UK. You know, I know I want some Cheerios. I'm not sorry. You know, uh, Joe, can jokes. you touch on this while I go get some Cheerios? Joke, I sure can. So, uh, for you guys saying that like you like having the paper in your hands for us like with your fast passes and so on it doesn't affect generi because we're actually pretty geeky about this we actually make a excel spreadsheet for every single day and we have things color-coded where we go everything from fast passes to um extra magic hours Uh to if you want a copy of it be more than happy to send it to you so we actually use the excel spreadsheet so we don't really ever go into my disney experience to see where our next fast pass is we already have it uh, on our phones so that really wouldn't make you know for us it wouldn't make a huge you know huge difference for us in regards to the um to the app always like crashing i i wish disney would actually tone down the app a little bit where it didn't have so much graphics on it like i know for example like we all use touring plans they're not a sponsor of us but we all use them Len Testa's app is super slick. There's no graphics. There's very little graphics mm-hmm. in it. It loads really fast, and he does that purposely. And I almost think that the MDE has gotten so much on it now that they need to almost, like, it, it just doesn't load that fast. I mean, your phone can be fast, but, like, the connection has so much to load. The Wi-Fi, like you said, is not the, the best all the time. Even if you're just on a, a cellular signal, it's not going to load as fast as you want it to. So if they would maybe tone back the app a little bit, that would be fantastic. I think that would help a little bit with its reliability, but I'm not a tech guy, so I don't, I don't have the data to prove that. Uh, in regards to, you know, using Bluetooth to open doors and stuff like that, I've had an experience recently where, you know, I stayed at a lot of Hilton's, a lot of, you know, a lot of Starwood properties, and uh, I always get the digital key if it's offered. And a recent trip to Dallas, I was on the top floor of the Embassy Suites, and my phone decided to just shut off for no reason and just wouldn't go back on. So I had to go all the way back downstairs to get a key. And I had to get, luckily I had my wallet on me. I had to give the, the front desk clerk my ID. And it was cool. He gave me another key and I went back upstairs. But the point being is that if you were staying at a resort and you were by yourself and your phone went dead like that, you'd have to either drive to the front desk or take a bus if you were in a larger moderate or DVC resort to get, you know, it, to get some kind of key to open it up if you are you didn't have a magic band with you that was programmed to open the door. So I'm not all on board. I think the option should be there to, you know, it shouldn't just be all on the phone to open doors and do everything yeah. for, you know, ticket media and all that stuff. The last thing is you still have to have the option for paper. Kind of like Kyle said, I mean, like for me, I travel a lot on, I'm flying like every usually once a week or every other week 
to go see Jen in Florida or vice versa or, or fly for work. And even the airline industry still uses paper boarding passes. You know, I mean, I've, I've, I haven't used a paper boarding pass in years. Everything's on my phone. I fly with a lot of frequent flyers. You could see that, you know, they're, everybody has their phones out and scanning their phones when they're going in, you know, onto the flight. But there are flights where I go to Orlando and it's, everybody's got paper tickets because they don't travel that much. And you still have to have that option for people. Not everybody is as, you know, on top of things as we are. And just like what Steven said, maybe somebody doesn't want to have a smartphone with them or doesn't want to bring their phone, you know, overseas. You know, we have guests from South America that come up from Asia, so they might not want to bring their phones into the park to them. Who knows? Whatever reason. But you still have to have that, that other option. That's why I think and I hope the magic bands don't go away because people love it. People love having yep. that. that th- and that's the thing, too, is I take a lot of flights to Orlando when I go see Jen and I go see my wife. Right. It's crazy. I say that. And you see the, like the, the little kids on the flights, they're so excited to have their magic bands on. I mean, D- Disney culture is a place where people still get excited about buttons. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? So for to take away the magic bands and to put it all on a cell phone, I don't think would be the best idea. People love having magic bands. People love customizing them. I like having a couple different magic bands. Uh, I, have an ar- I have an Orange Bird one. I have a DVC one. Those are the two that I rotate. So uh, And I have a Figment one I just got for Christmas this year. So. Oh, Everybody oh, how much those, did they so. cost? You know, I mean, they're over and above your normal red, blue, purple magic bands. You know, they're going to oh, cost, yeah. a lot of them are like limited edition ones. I mean, it could be up to like $50, mm-hmm. $60 you could pay for them. And Disney's not going to get rid of that. the Dooney and Burke ones. Yeah, they're, yeah. Disney's not going to get rid of that. That's a constant revenue stream. It's like, why do you see every resort that's coming out now? It's mostly DVC now because it's like it's a seller. It's a constant revenue coming in. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. They're not going to get rid of Magic Bands. Magic Bands sell. That's why they keep popping well, up. With, you I, know. I, for one, hope they don't because, like you said, I have quite the collection. Uh, I just did a quick estimate. I may have upwards of 20 <laughs> Magic Bands. Mm-hmm. Um, and the majority of those are going to be the special edition ones because, you know, I had to get the Epcot 35 one. I had to get the Enchanted Tiki Room uh, anniversary one. I had to get the Magic Kingdom 45th one. I had... There's a lot over there. That's Ka-ching. I forgot I had I forgot I have I've got I've got 35 in a box. <laughs> well, and then they released two, so I almost had to get both. I got both. Yeah, Jen got them. So I mean, they're fun to collect. That's not wrong. I mean, there's nothing wrong with collecting those things. But we've said I, mean, I think magic. You, so I go yeah, go ahead. No. do you guys agree that they should slim down the app a little yeah. bit? Yeah, uh, yeah, but, yes. but where? That's the thing. I mean, well, no, no, no. Let me rephrase that. I feel that they should offer a secondary app or have an option to have um, low... What is? I don't want to say low tech. Almost low like, almost like, a, almost low like a reader like a reader version. Well, like yes, exactly. Or what about, you know, my Disney experience, you got one app that shows like your plans and this and that and where you're staying, what's your fast pass, your food. And the other app that shows park information. Yeah. No, I, I like having everything right. in one, but I do think that we need like a low res version right. of the app where there's not I mean, no that's, animation or that's a lot. I've got the Magic Kingdom map up right now. If you can't see it, because I oh, can't do this damn thing. There, see. And if you're listening, you <laughs> definitely can't see. Now, the thing what surprised me the most about it is there is an hour wait for Tomorrowland Speedway right now. That's blow my mind right now. Please, that thing's horrible. And the blessed and sun. Well, you know they do. <laughs> You, they do bump up times, right? Oh, you know what? It's also Father's Day. Mm-hmm. So so the dads are uh, trying to get in one last ride with their kids. If you're taking your son on... Never mind. Stop him right there. Stop him right there. The other thing is, I mean, obviously... Okay, before Kyle offends anyone else, Stephen... We, we were talking about the fact that you're walking around and not actually looking 
at the park and not actually taking everything in, that'll just drive you to the, look at your, your cell phone more. You know, that you won't, you'll just see a bank of folk just looking at their phones constantly saying, right, okay, what are we doing, what are we doing, what are we doing? You already do I know, that. you already do that. How's that different MDE than what you already anyway. see? But I just feel as if everything is... MDE, Instagram. Yes, yep. Or as Insta, right. as the kids say. But I mean, you need a constant battery. You know, again, this puts on a fuel rods. You know what? Disney know. sells you an option yeah, at you the fuel get, rods. You know, they've got you there as well. So, oh yeah, we'll put everything in the cell phone. Oh, your battery's dead. Oh, what a shame. We'll sell you this for $30. <laughs> yeah, we'll sell you this. It's about yay big. 30 yeah. bucks. Give it up. And we you will. You go to Best Buy and get a Jabra about the size of a cell phone. A little heavy. You can plug in two phones. 15 bucks. And yeah, la- I don't understand Go to Amazon people. and get one for It'll last six hours. I have a little I have a, I have a little battery that gets about three full charges on an iPhone. Like, yeah. I don't know why you'd spend, you know. Just charge it when you go home at night. And plus, you know. <laughs> if you're on your phone that much. You and you plus, well, in Disney, you, you are. cell phones in Disney World, you know that battery life is like a third of what it was in your normal life. Well, yeah, because you're you're searching yeah. for yeah, networks. You're using, computers using a camera. Your screen other. is probably bright. And your screen is, is probably auto-tuned up to the highest thing because you're outside. Mm-hmm. Not sun. Right. Wow, we spent 20 minutes talking about something that is a complete rumor. <laughs> but do you know what's not a rumor? Joffrey's. Epcot has really slimmed down lately. Do you oh, know why? Ah, look at that. Diet Epcot. Pulling belt in. Diet Epcot. Yeah, a Diet Epcot spaceship Earth. Still a sphere, but has tightened up his belt a little bit. And the reason for that is for the very, very few months of the year that uh, there are not festivals, the promenade and world showcase has walking room so epcot has got a very strange plan it's going to be putting on some weight again on august 30th when it opens up well probably august 15th because the it starts august 30th they got to put out the booth everything um when they open up with food and wine so my question to you gentlemen is diet epcot the best epcot Joe, we already know your opinion. We're going to save you for last. Okay. Stephen, what are your thoughts? I love food and wine. You know, I just think that if you can pick a time to go to Epcot, that is the time to do it. But if you strip it back, it actually gives you more time, more space, more... I was going to say more enjoyment, but you can actually enjoy each of the lands rather than, oh, look, what's in this booth to eat? What's in this booth to eat? You know, you can actually... You can feel more about the land rather than, oh, I'll just trough myself to death on this funnel cake or... Well, the funnel cake is still there, Stephen. It's America. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) We talked about this earlier on. Uh, Yeah, I I think I I like the idea of the festivals. Would you feel as if you're missing out on something if there wasn't a festival when you were there? I would think maybe you would maybe feel hard done to because you feel as if there's there is that many booths, there's that many places to eat, there's you know all these experiences that you actually can do with all these festivals now that if you're there at this moment in time and it's just the, your, your lands and you're walking around and it's no I, I think the food and wine and flower and garden will probably enhance it rather than what you've got just totally stripped out. I 
I've, I fully agree with you, Stephen, and, and we'll get to Kyle and Joe in a minute here. But I, I'm in the same boat where I don't need a festival to enjoy Epcot. No. Right. Um, Epcot was designed without the festivals. But it really enhances it because it, it gets you into so many other places. Now, to your point, and you, you did say something that I think is really interesting. Without the festival, you can explore the um, countries a little bit more because you're not running from food booth to food booth. So you're going to get a little bit more of that natural Epcot feel, that uh, Peter Quinn. Yeah. Right? Star uh-huh. Lord. Mm. Yeah. That Peter Quinn allegedly got in the 80s when they're shoehorning him into... Uh, pictures. Um, Future world? I hate that. Why would you do that? There's so many other things. You know what? That's not the topic. Um, but I, I'm not saying that I would feel that I'm missing out if I go during Diet Epcot. I think it would still be enjoyable, but I would definitely prefer to be there during a festival. Whether that be Flower and Garden or whether that be Food and Wine, my pro tip is go during Flower and Garden. Because the topiaries and everything really, it's, it makes Epcot ten times better. I mean, the flower beds on the monorail track, they should be there all year. Look, Epcot is my favorite park out of the whole lot. Uh, regardless if you had a, a festival going on or if it was just normal Epcot. I mean, I've been there in both both times. And it's, regardless if it's a festival or not, it's still my favorite park. You can still do so much there. Yeah. Especially, obviously, going around Swirl Showcase. It is. You know, no, you're 100% I just, I just right. love it. And they have cronuts. <laughs> That's fried dough still, actually. Damn it. Two fried dough references in less than a minute. All right, Kyle, save us from our inevitable angioplasty. Well, I have actually never been during a food and wine. Actually, yeah, I have been during a food and wine, but we got hurricaned out, so we got food and wine light, if you would. We got rushed around and stuff like that, so we couldn't actually enjoy it. Um, only time we go to Disney World is during the summertime when the kids are out of school, so we don't get to experience the festivals as much. Mm-hmm. And our next trip coming up in August, you know, we decided, you know, what's going to be our half day park, you know, since Toy Story lands up, and it's going to be Epcot. That's the day we're going to do our half day. Rise and rise in the morning, go to War Showcase in the afternoon, and go back and swim in the pool. Oh. Now, that is with us with kids. You know. Okay, so right. yeah. So we go soaring and we ride test track, and then we go get me a beer or three from World Showcase and go back to the hotel room. But that being said, I still would love to go there with just the wife and I and enjoy food and wine or uh, flower and garden, flower and food, whatever it's called now. So flower food right. garden, I think, is the uh, biblical right. Terms. So right now, right now, Epcot Light is good for the families. Diet, Diet Epcot. Epcot, whatever you know. Like it's also good for the good waistline. for the waistline. You know, beers, light beers, not diet beers. So I'm going with the beer reference here. So um, yeah, family time with the kids is probably better. So you know, you're not fo- again not focusing on booze and food, and kids can't have to eat all the fancy foods, but. You know, that being said, I think, for me at least, I think uh, right now is fine. Epcot light, okay. Epcot it, diet, diet Epcot. It doesn't uh, impede your chance to get dad drunk. Mm, no, I'll saying. get dad drunk anyway. Very good then. All right, Joe, we're going to let you loose here. All right. So, no, it's not essentially let me loose, but I mean, I agree with you, Chuck, that like... Release Epcot, the hounds. 
Diet Epcot for you know is is pure Epcot, and I think for the hardcore Disney fan, loves pure Epcot. And you know, I don't need a festival to entertain me when I'm at Epcot. One of the things that I love to do most is stroll around the World Showcase Promenade at night, even after Illuminations is done, while everybody's kind of running for the buses or running for the International Gateway or soon to be running for the Disney Skyliner. Um, Which is a mistake. Yeah, that's going to be a mess mm-hmm. over there at the International Gateway. That's a story for another show. <laughs> but, um, you know, I love strolling around there with the you know the torches lit, and it's just very peaceful and stream. When you have, like, that... With that nice background music? Love it. Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, yeah. The, love the, it. Like, way to set us uh, a picture in my mind. Walking through World Showcase, the torches lit, the background music, it's... It's fantastic. It's a happy. It's a happy place, and you know, I mean, the festivals are great. And trust me, I love food and wine. Um, I've experienced it many times. Uh, I've experienced Flower and Garden. They're a lot of fun. There's something where even I get, I go with my parents. They'll come up from South Florida, and we'll do that together because um, they get a kick out of all the different booths and stuff like that. And I also understand as being a quasi Floridian, where I'm back and forth between Jersey and Florida, I get to go to the parks a lot more. And I understand people that are listening. Um, may not get a chance to do that. So when you have festivals the majority of the year, for me to sit here and say, oh, it's too long, somebody else who doesn't get to go very often because you know, they live somewhere else and they don't, you know, they don't go to Florida that much, um, it gives them the opportunity to go and experience that more. So I understand that. But one thing I like about it besides being, you know, walking around, experiencing Pure Epcot is I like it that it forces you to look into the pavilions, just like you guys, just like Stephen was talking about. Go into each pavilion and find those hidden gems, find those drinks, find those, you know, the, the bakery in the back of France or certain kind of desserts or, or appetizers in China or, or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, find what's there, you know, instead of it just being thrown in front of you on a promenade booth and going from one booth to the other. Like, that's why I like, you know, is you have to go and actually explore each pavilion. So that's kind of like some of the reasons why I like Diet Epcot. It gets back to its pure nature. Um, it's a lot more quieter. It's a lot more... Um, you know, a lot more relaxing. Take a stroll; it makes you explore a little more. Um, you know, it's just that. That's just what I like it. I mean, and everybody's different. And I understand that everybody can get a chance to experience it all year, but I'm kind of happy it's going to chill out for a little bit. Too much of a good thing is not always a great thing. If we had festivals all year round, they wouldn't be. They say if they had them out up there 24 hours a day, 365, seven days a week, these things wouldn't be special anymore. It would just, it would just be part of World Showcase. But the fact that they're not always there. That's what makes food and wine so special. That's what makes flower and garden so special. I don't want to get us see us get away from that. But that's all I gotta say. That's all that. I gotta say <laughs> about that. <laughs> okay, that's Forrest Gump. Great, isn't that a universal thing? It's an amazing thing, whichever it comes from. That is true. From whichever it comes. It just did, did you just grammar not to me? I may have. Wow. Holy cow. All right. Mm. First of all, huh. I'm, I'm also not used to, like, usually Dave will, like, criticize me after I say something, and Chuck, you just have nothing <laughs> your idea, to your, say. Your idea is horrible, Joe. I don't know why you thought about something <laughs> like that. That's trash. Kyle, you're my friend. It doesn't work. I know, man. <laughs> you know why I tried. You, you thought that? Because New Jersey bread water. Yeah. Smell, I don't I know. I smell Jersey from here. Bagels. The Garden Pizza. State. Oh, what crappy Garden State. Wait, Kyle, did you say you could smell something? I said I could smell Jersey from here. Listen, ah, Kyle, you know where else you can probably smell Jersey don't from? Don't be knocking South Carolina, bro. I have a lot of respect for your state. I got married in your state. Hey, I'm trying to segue here. I'm, try- I'm, trying-, I'm trying to bring the uh, segue. I'm try- Never mind. 
Go ahead. What, South Carolina's home to great golf? Talk about foot golf? No. <laughs> no, we're not segwaying I'm trying to bring to the funny smells that definitely occurred on Monorail Line <laughs> this past week when it broke down and the sensationalist Disney media. Media. You can't see it, but I did air quotes. I'm going to air quote with you. Um, one finger. Said that multiple windows had fallen out of the Jeez, monorail. come on now. God, it's so bad. Uh, you know what? If, you, if you're going to break a story, make sure you get some facts right first. Just break a window? Well, you know, they broke the story. They got the facts right that the windows were no longer in the monorail. They just missed big details. They, so, they said they fell out, is what I read. Fell out. Anyway, Correct. go ahead. I'm sorry. It makes me so, mad so much. I believe it was uh, about seven days ago on June 10th at around 8 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. I'm glad you guys talked about this while you were recording. Um, a user on Instagram reported that a number of windows, and this is where it is posted, fell out of Monorail Lime while on the Magic Kingdom monorail beam. So the true story is the monorail became disabled and the air condi- Damn. The what now? Air conditioning units lost power. Wow. So the windows were removed from the inside to allow airflow inside the cars. Because if you've ever been stuck in a 90 degree heat in a monorail... You're going to know that it's going to smell like Jersey. <laughs> Look, I brought it all back together. <laughs> so let me ask you this. So they were told to push him out is what you're trying to get at. That is the implication. So, okay. Um, they, they didn't just fall. Didn't fall it out. wasn't an act of God. Right. It, there wasn't a big gust of wind through the monorail. Mm, no, nothing right. registered. A, there could have been a gust the, of wind. Uh, just maybe scale. another windy boy. Never mind. <laughs> I need a beer. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, the monorail windows were pushed out by the people, per instructions from Disney, to ventilate the cars a little bit so no one dies, which is important. <laughs> now, Joe, you've been the probably largest uh, cri- critique... Critic? Critic. Wow. You have been critiquing, with your criticism, um, the monorail fleet as of late, haven't you? Well, I mean, I was pushing Disney to upgrade the fleet because... You know, first of all, the Walt Disney World monorail system is probably, besides the castle, is one of the most iconic things on Walt Disney World, in my opinion, on Walt Disney World property. Mm. People get goosebumps when they see the monorails go by. I mean, so that's what I was pushing for, is you're going to have these Magic Kingdom resorts, you're going to charge five, six, seven, eight hundred dollars a night, and you're not going to have a monorail train running. Yeah, that's not going to, I don't care how close you are to the Magic Kingdom, that's not going to command those kind of prices. But my critique was to push for, you know, Newer, newer trains, which are coming, which are great. From allegedly, well, it's been supposedly confirmed from uh, by by whom was it? Was it Bob Gurr or whatever it was? And Bob Gurr, who is definitely not affiliated with the Walt Disney Company. Well, yes, but I've heard on another podcast that Bombardier has been working on um, designing new ones, which I guess Bombardier just made these. Yes, but Bombardier did make. Kyle, did you step on a duck as you walked? In? He can't hear me. <laughs> Okay, um, but but my, Bombardier my, did definitely make these monorails. So but and with, with this, I'm actually going to defend Walt Disney World. It's like, listen, the trains were disabled. You know, I'm sure they were just. I'm sure they were sitting there for a while because we've all been on trains where they've gotten stuck or stopped, or whatever. You don't immediately push the windows out. So I'm sure. I don't know what the time frame was, but I'm sure they were sitting there for a little bit before they were instructed by crew to push out the windows. Now, if you look and if you ride any kind of public transportation, you see that. In case of emergencies, you do push out the windows to increase the airflow. So whoever was on the monorails and 
they follow the instructions, did this properly, this is what you do. You know, the windows can be replaced. So the fact that, you know, the monorails are being so criticized and so scrutinized and any little thing that goes wrong, it's like, listen, they're 30 years old. The poor things can't catch a break now. It's like, all right, you know, like, yeah, the windows were pushed out. It's like, okay, they'll put them back in and it happens, you know. I don't know. I just, I think that I'm a little more upset with the, the Disney media, like, it's going crazy over it. It's like, all right, yeah, yeah windows were pushed out. Monorail got stuck. Happens. Okay. You know, well, they're coming. Like new, you had, new trains are coming. It's like, allegedly. Allegedly. They're um, so you had questioned, it, it had apparently been a, a decent amount of time before they pushed out the windows and you're 100% right the monorail was actually towed using the tow vehicle out of and off of the monorail beam which so is diesel power by the way so it's not yes. electric powered correct so I'm assuming what they did is they uh, towed the monorail to the Magic Kingdom station everyone got off and then they towed it into the uh, monorail hub as it were so Kyle, what are your thoughts on the monorails breaking again and windows being pushed out? If I repeat anything, uh, please stop me. Uh, it's about time for these things to get replaced. I think monorail is the icon of Walt Disney World. Wow, it's two so, people said, I said that. Okay, so well, besides Cinderella Castle. No, that's okay. You're, right. you're helping um, defend Joe's point because he said that, and I don't know that I agree with but him. But like, when I was younger, my favorite ride was the monorail. Although the monorail is a great thing, but now, as I get older, I think of it as a, a good mode of transportation, but now it's unreliable. You know, you, you get advertised saying, you know, you get park opening monorail service, but the last couple of times I stayed on the monorail loop, it's not open. You know, we don't open for another hour. Well, the park opens in 20 minutes. So, oh, we got to wait. Anyway, we got told numerous times, it's, it's time to replace them, whatever's wrong with them. Um, I guess they're trying to make us get mad enough to complain about it and buy our own monorails. I don't know. So, We're actually going to pass the hat. Pass the hat. That's the monorail train that breaks down. I mean, like you said before, Chuck, DVC sales, or the Chuck or Joe said that. I forgot his. That I'm sorry, Joe. Joe. If it was DVC, it was yeah, definitely DV, Joe. No, all, everybody knows all DVC um, profits go to the parks. I think they got enough DVC to, to buy us a new monorail system. At least new monorail, new monorail trains. It's, it's time. I mean, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming, but, you know, it's. I could say something right there. Call me Joe, a cynic, but I don't believe it. Well, and, and one of the a couple of the articles I've read is that uh, Bombardier, I guess, has one of the models that's going around is the Innovia 300. I guess it's like an automated train. But you got to remember, like, these trains that Bombardier has, I think, you know, Las Vegas has got a monorail system, I think. Does Seattle have one, I think? I don't know if Seattle has one. But there's a few cities that have monorails. I know Vegas definitely has one. But you got to remember, like, the Walt Disney World monorail system was put in place in what? 69, 70, before it opened in 71, like they put the track in on stuff. These trains got to fit through the contemporary. These trains got to fit through all of the, the stations. You know what I'm saying? So, like, they've got to probably take a train and redesign it a little bit and make it so it fits for Disney's purposes. So, I yeah. mean, it's going to take some time to do this. Um, I'm just glad that, like, there are been a lot of talk about it. And also, too, is what I think makes the monorail so special, and Chuck, just I'm going to put another point on top of that, why I think it's so iconic is, for somebody like Dave and I who live in a metro area, Dave lives in the city. He lives in Queens. I live in North Jersey, so... 
we have trains, we have mass transit, but not to the point where Dave has it. When I'm in the city, yes, I do travel on mass transit. But I think a lot of America does not take trains, doesn't take mass transit. So when they come to Disney, this is like a treat for them to be on a monorail. And also, a monorail is not a common... There's not a lot of monorails in the United States. I mean, so even so for somebody like myself or Dave who ride trains all the time, ride subways, ride, you know, the Long Island Railroad, the New Jersey Transit, you know, to where we got to go. It's still special because to be elevated and to look down and the views, it, it's it's exciting. It's fun even for us. So this is why this is so important for Disney to replace these because not only for us who ride mass transit all the time, but for people who don't get to experience it, it's just it's part of the Disney experience. And if you were to take that away, it just it would be it'd be heartbreaking. Well, I agree that it would be heartbreaking. But Stephen, what is uh, what is your thought on this? Well, I'm going to be three for three. I do like. The monorail, I think it is one of the, the sort of iconic things of Walt Disney World, especially when you get, I mean, you get it coming round the corner and you can get the picture of it with Spaceship Earth in the background. That is one of the most iconic things you can actually see for a, a Disney World advert out with of what Joe was saying with the castle. I love that because there's I would rather take the monorail to the Magic Kingdom than the boat or any other type of transportation. I think it just adds... That's a boat, a boat ride, ride, baby, I know. <laughs> 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 but I just think that when you get on the monorail, it's a different feeling. That You're there. You know, you're actually going there. You get the spiel, you get... Please stand clear of the doors, you know, por favor, ba ba ba, the usual. Uh, yep. What is the rest of that, Stephen? Uh-huh. What does Jack Mahoney uh-huh. say? Uh huh, uh huh. Do you ever wonder when that, that spiel goes on, the Spanish part of it? The door's already closed and he hasn't finished saying the Spanish part yet. We just try to keep them out. <laughs> <laughs> Oops! They should play that a little bit earlier before the. Oops! Dark. Watch your head. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's time for a a new breed of monorail. And I know what you're saying there, Joe. That you know they have to sort of fit it into like the contemporary. They got to make sure it goes through and make sure there's the rights that are right. Give them a stretch of monorail. Build a tri- build a monorail round that. Gonna. I okay then. I don't think it's going to take that that much. You know, if you give a monorail company or a train company the spec to actually build something like that, I think they can knock it up pretty quickly. You know, so oh, yeah. I don't think that's a, a, a big issue. But can you guys can you guys imagine, Stephen? You're saying like you know, once this is done, can you imagine if this is done for on the 50th anniversary to have new monorails on the track? People, how much people will want to stay? Not only because it's the 50th anniversary to stay on the Magic Kingdom line because of the new monorails and what's going on at, you know, in the Magic Kingdom. Like, people are going to want to ride these trains. It's been 30 years since there's been new trains. You know what I'm saying? Like, how... It's going to be an attraction in itself. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> uh, not having been in one okay. that's broken down or... I've, I've been in one that's uh, held up because I think there was... There, there's reasons for it. Maybe there was stuck... The other one was stuck at the one of the stations but I've never really had a bad experience on the monorail uh, it's fast it's pleasant 
the air conditioning works. I've never been on it when the air conditioning breaks down either, so I wouldn't know that experience either. But I don't... The monorail's the monorail. I think you just take it for granted. And I know, obviously, I've said that it's really, really good and I really enjoy it. And you feel as if you're actually in Disney as soon as you go onto it. It is just a transportation system. I don't think folk would actually go hell for leather. Oh, I've got new monorails. Let's go. You just put a Judas Priest um, thing in there. I enjoy that one. Hell bent for leather. <laughs> oh, oh boy. So, speaking of leather... Hell bent for it? <laughs> now, there's really no way to make this segue work. Um, Disney has announced lately that they are going to be extending their hours of operation at the Oak Trail Golf Course. Anyone want to take a guess as to why? Disc golf. Foot golf. You're close, Kyle. Um, So Disney is going to be extending foot golf, which is basically soccer golf, over to the Oak Trail Golf Course and forming, it, it appears if I'm reading this article correctly, a league around it. Bless you. Bless you. That's good. Thank you. Um, I did manage to mute my microphone before sneezing. Oh, you muted. Oh, Lord. Oh, boy. No, Someone's getting mad at that one. That's all right. It's Jeff who said it this week. You're all right. (laughs) Oh, oh, okay. Oh, good. We're good then. Hey, Jeff. We've been good so far. So far. Yes, we've been good so far, but you know what we're not going to be good at? a long way to go. For golf. Soccer (laughs) golf. (laughs) Um... I think this is a good idea to get more people to explore more parts of the Disney world and to open it up to a younger demographic that doesn't have any interest in golf because I would definitely fall under that bucket. Um, And this is definitely going to be something that I want to try. I I don't exactly understand this whole, you know, it's going to be a league thing. Um, The Kickers Club loyalty program. I don't understand that part of it. Um but I, I do think that this is... Oh, so the Kickers Club is a program that gives guests a punch card, which they can redeem for a free round after they play five rounds in a 90-day window. So... Who goes as often as that, pay, apart play, from Dave? You know? <laughs> well, not even that. That's definitely designed for the locals. But you're going to, like, sweat off about 75 pounds worth of water weight. It's summer. I mean, it's not really a club as in a league or anything. It's kind of like a loyalty no, card almost. it's a loyalty yeah, program. Yeah, loyalty program. There yeah, you go. Yeah, so I misspoke originally. Yeah. It's a loyalty program. There you go. So it's not like a league um, of like, you know, five people going out, five teams going out there and killing each other over football and golfing and stuff like that. I mean, they could be. They should throw MMA in there at the same time. Football. Oh, full contact Foot, There you go. Golf. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. Soccer golf. That'd yeah, be you fun. You get a hole in one, you get to punch them in the eye. <laughs> That would make things a little bit more interesting. I'd but as it that. stands right now, there is no physical violence allowed at uh, soccer That's golf. horrible. So, Stephen, you're from the rest of the world that enjoys soccer. Or, I'm sorry, yeah. football. And normal golf, actually. Yeah. And normal golf. What are your thoughts of normal. this Frankenstein monster? <laughs> Rather than what we said a couple of weeks ago, what is it? Uh, goofy golf. <laughs> goofy golf, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I don't see this taking on very much, and I know they've they've talked about it for a while. Uh, I just think it's a crazy concept to 
to bring folk in to... I, I, I really don't know what I'm talking about. And I don't know what they're talking about. I really think it's a crazy idea. I think this is uh, great. I just think it's crazy that you would muck, muck about with a golf course which they spent millions of pounds on to try and get to a pristine sort of level. And then you let a whole load of jobs out, kicking a football, you know, as hard as they can. And probably taking big divots out of the grass. Just like nearly as big a divot as they would if they were playing normal golf. Mm. And I just yeah, that, that's I just, a fair I point. just don't see the benefit of it. I really, I think, unless you are a local, you might have well, money, I know. I mean, Chuck's going like that and rubbing his fingers together. The big dollar. But Do you know why? Because it's $17 for resort guests and annual pass holders and $22 for day for guests. Nine, per for person. nine holes? For nine That's holes. That's not bad, actually. <laughs> Except you're kicking a soccer ball. No, it's actually for 18. It's, looks, uh, it says 18. That's not. That's actually not a bad price. In addition, the expanded hours of nine-hole course has been remade and is now 1,240 yards long. I mean, I'm, I'm not, nine. This is on the WDW golf WDW site. Unless they've, oh, ho, ho. Unless hey, they've hey, updated hey. it, I don't know. We can. I don't I'm see. I'm not exactly going from yeah. a reputable source. I don't here, see a lot so. of people I mean, coming from like abroad, like from the UK, over to do that. Uh, well, no, you guys spend a fortnight there, so this almost would seem targeted at you. To take a day off, a fortnight like 47 days. You know, two, I'm, two uh, I'm very much of the one that uh, it's just full on. No, 24-7. Yeah. Go, go, go. Uh, I'm lucky if I take a day out to go to Typhoon Lagoon or Blizzard Beach, never mind anything else. So, Which are yeah, both oh, great yeah. places Aye. to go. Uh, really do it. I mean, I, I do try my best to try and get to them, but to take a, a day or an afternoon off to go and play soccer golf, nah, it's not going to happen. It's bad enough going to Fantasia Land and playing the, the mini golf there. You know, and taking time out. I just... I just don't see the attraction in it. And I know obviously we're talking about money and, you know, generating that, but... Well, I think it's fun. I'd do this, for sure. This is, I mean, I don't want to... I don't want to insult any of our listeners who may be foot golf players, but... But he's going to. This just seems like a gimmick. Like, I mean, I know it's a real thing. I get it. But you're taking... You know it's a gimmick? Frolf. Well, you're taking a nine-hole executive course, which is kind of cater to walkers it's catered to families and all that stuff and you're gonna put so you're gonna put this in the middle of it so if i'm out there playing a nine hole round in the oak trail am i gonna have a foot golf group in front of me like really essentially that's like that's that's golf courses don't even allow runners like to run the golf course and you're gonna have this in between around like it, it's it's not either do one or the other and for me who was like i said as a quasi local i've played a lot of rounds down at walt disney world they're very busy and there's a lot of play in those courses, and they do a great job of keeping up the courses, the the real golf courses, like in great shape for the amount of play that's on them. Um, I know Arnold Palmer, they lease, they run the operations for Walt Disney World, so this is another way for them to generate revenue. It's not really Disney, I don't think creating revenue, it's Arnold Palmer golf. Um, but there's got to be another place for this. You I mean, you, you want to do that? I mean, I don't know. It just seems like a gimmick, and it's like Steven says, it's like a, a, a real golfer. I want to say, like somebody who plays real golf, this would not be professional to be out playing nine holes, you know, and having foot golf. In I front mean, it'd of be me. sacrilege. It's all right, you can it's play just... through. All right, that's four yeah, guys kicking a ball up like, front of you, you know. I mean, there's there's certain decorum on a golf course, and 
this just doesn't look like it fits, you know. Now, it, listen, if you want to take, like, have certain days designated for this, fine. You want to have, like, Tuesdays, Thursdays in the afternoons or, like, a twilight for foot golf, that's fine. But, but like Steven says, too, you're going to, like, you're, I, there's video on their website on golfwdw.com. These guys, like, they're, like, on a tee box teeing up. Like, you're going to have spikes, like, making a mess of this course. Well, I don't believe you're supposed to be wearing spikes. No, you're supposed to wear soccer Especially shoes. Especially if you're Kate in a bow. Oh, oh wow. Because <laughs> the bow would just go and the best part, well, is, And the best part is they say that uh, um, that that the rules are similar to golf. Uh, they must use a regulation number five soccer ball. Um, and that you have to essentially wear like a polo shirt and like shorts. Like they want you to wear golf attire all day. That's just crazy. Correct. It's on their website. <laughs> It's just, it's, yeah, I mean, and the thing is on the golf WDW site, they have a picture of a, a guy, a father carrying his golf clubs, which Oak Trail is the walking course. There's no carts on that course. And it, it's a nine hole. Cause it's a nine hole executive course. Correct. It's supposed to be for like families and all that stuff. And it's got a picture of his two daughters and a son holding the three soccer balls. So it looks like that's what they're marketing is towards. Like dad can go get his nine holes in while the kids play the foot golf at the same time. You said it right there, Joe. It's for the dad down there is like, I really want to go play golf really bad. And the wife's in the corner going, you can't go play golf unless you take a little joy with you. So, okay, we'll take a little joy with me. I mean, I'm all about mini golf. I do it all the time, but this just seems like it's... Right. This this is going to be gone sooner than later. I mean, it doesn't cost Disney anything. It doesn't cost Arnold Palmer to do anything. They make one giant cup and throw some flags out there. I mean, it's it's low maintenance. It's not like they had to build anything. But. Right, but it is... So... Just for my own uh, clarification, Oak Trail is a nine-hole golf course. Correct, yes. The foot golf is 18 holes mixed into the fairways. Correct, yes. It's some of the holes. And if you go to golfwdw.com slash footgolf, they actually have a map of Oak Trail, and you can see a lot of the holes um, are broken up in, like, there's, like, two or three, two foot golf holes per one long, like, par five regular holes. So they, they've kind of stretched it out. I think there's one par five they made, like, three holes so okay, if your golf ball lands in the soccer hole it's not a hole in one <laughs> no no i know but do you play it as it lies or do you get a, you should you get, get a ball again? there should be a local rule against that you should yeah. get a free drop no closer to the that's hole. confusing so. right there you know because you can't play that's, that's impossible to play as it lies right there there should be a local rule mm. that's so. yeah even i knew that i don't know it just as a as a as a guy who likes to play got like real golf like i said I played soccer growing up. I played for, you know, from I was a little kid to senior high school. I watched soccer, football. Um, Steven knows I'm a fan of the greatest, you know, Premier League team ever. Uh, he's must be laughing. Yeah, Crystal Palace. Crystal uh, <laughs> Palace. Like two o'clock in the morning. He's out laughing. <laughs> but uh, say, I don't know. It just seems like you could do this somewhere else. Build something behind all-star music or something. I don't know. All-star sports. And, but this at ESPN's, well, I guess it wouldn't work there. All Star yeah, Sports would be a prime example to put something yes, like that in. Put it in the, you know, because mm-hmm. I think that would go down but, really, really well. I think folk that stayed there would actually, you know, folk would go to the pool and other folk would go and do this. And I think that's a really good idea to have it linked in with that. And sort of dress down, you know, so you can go in your shorts, your, your trainers, and just a t shirt, you know, rather than having to wear specific clothes to go to a golf club club i always think that's crazy in the first place you know if you want to go and play golf just go and play golf you know the etiquette and the the dressing up is just very very pretentious it's a golf club it's not you know 
Sorry, I'm sorry for the foot golfers out there. I, I mean, it's just it's just my opinion. Don't apologize, uh, Joe. But however, on a happier note, uh, Arnold Palmer, Walt Disney World Golf just announced that they're adding uh, Mickey Mouse bunkers to the Lake Buena Vista and mm. Palm courses. So you will you could also see besides the um, Mickey, famous Mickey Mouse bunker on the par three, I think it's the eighth hole in the Magnolia. Um, they're adding two now to um, Lake Buena Vista and the Palm as well. Oh, cool. So make it extra hard. So you know where else they're adding things? Providing no one else has anything to talk about about football. No, I'm good. At the Art of Animation Resort, they have added, this is really not a very big news story, a rum and coke frozen icy machine. (laughs) (laughs) Now, you heard that right. It is coke. It is jack or rum. And it's in one machine. So, gone are the days of them just pouring in whatever your mixed drink of choice is. It's now all coming out of the same frozen machine. It is either Jack Daniels whiskey or Bacardi rum, uh, and your option is Coke. No Coke Zero, no Diet Coke, or... They got rid of Coke Zero, right? It's Coke Zero sugar. Ah, whatever. Same thing. So, it's it's Coke and rum. I think this is great. Um, It's $10, whatever. Uh, that's not really our next topic, unless someone has anything to comment on that, except for Kyle's disgust. Yeah. Do you think you, do you oh, real quick? Do you guys think uh, what's the name of that place? It's uh, the Heaven Savannah. Um, it's the one that have all the different slushies that are all booze have all the alcohol. On them. Wet Willies. Uh, wet Willies. There's one yeah, in Columbia. Don't go I, there. I said, what if it's, they're going to start doing something like that? It could be very dangerous. Though. God, God <laughs> help! We don't do Wet Willies. It is that's a, kind of what it is, right? It's a, it's a, it's a single version of it. It is a plethora of underage college kids getting there, getting drunk, and just causing mayhem and heck everywhere. Yeah, that would not be good. It is not good. Disney security will have a good time if that happens. Okay, that's all I got to say about that. That's no. all I got to say. Uh, I love rum and coke. I love Jack and coke. <laughs> and I to mean, put it with some ice so, in a slushy, I think it would be fantastic. So just to clarify, I don't know if I said this. This is going to be at Art of Animation at the the drop off pool bar, and it's going to be ten dollars per slushy, which by Disney prices isn't terrible. Um, so it's just an alcoholic slushy. I I think it's worth. An adventure up to Art of Animation anyways to try it, providing you're of legal age. Alright, so our last topic of the night, because we've already been recording for ooh, almost an hour. Keep going. Uh, well, if we're going to keep going, Kyle, you better come up with some stories, because this is the last one that I'm I have. I'm not hosting. <laughs> uh-huh. So, over at the Polynesian Resort, the Tambu Lounge which has been at the resort, obviously, since the um, opening at, ni- at in 1971, where the bar itself was actually one of the last remaining pieces of the original resort. Um, however, as of August 5th, 2018, that's all going to change, when the bar and lounge is set to go undergo a massive re- refurbishment. It's going to be a three-month... Three? Wow, holy hell. This is going to be a three-month refurbishment giving the bar a brand new look and feel while also giving the bartenders a little bit more space and some equipment that isn't from the 70s. Um, In the interim, there will be two pop-up bars in the lobby, one outside the refurbishment area and one near the Moana Mercantile. So three months at the Poly without Tambu Lounge. What are you guys' thoughts? Okay, we have one man. Never been. 
never have heard of it, but I've never had the incentive to go. Okay, Joe, please rescue us. I wish to. I wish to. You know, I always got something to say about that. <laughs> I wish they would actually redesign. I wish there was a way they could extend out because the the way the bar is set up, it actually it, it kind of indents in. If they could stretch out the lobby just a little bit, you know, and have like actually have the bar where the okay, I'm gonna scratch that where the seating area is for the Tambu Lounge. Technically, it's like the lounge seating area. That's where usually everybody waits for Ohana. If you could have the bar actually in front of those windows, that would be amazing. Have like the waiting area where the bar is now, extend the bar out, make it a true lobby bar, and have it in like in front of those windows. I mean, I don't, it's not possible though because you don't have, you have to run like like water lines and everything like that, but that would be pretty cool. But it's just, it's such a cool little spot and it's just shoved in a corner and it's so busy over there. It's, I mean, I'm glad it's getting some love, though. But I'm all over the place that, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's good that it's getting uh, some updating, but is it really going to make a big difference? No, because Tambu Lounge, in my opinion, is not even a lounge. It's a bar you sit at way, way for your Ohana reservation. I mean, yeah, they got chair sands, but again, that's, that's just a straight-up bar with a bunch of loud people in there. I mean, Paula needs, like a, needs a... Dedicated lounge, separated from everything else. Walls up, you go in there, nice and quiet. Get your drink, get some appetizers, stuff like that. And not in the middle of everything. Hey, Ch- Chuck, correct me if I'm wrong. Downstairs in the Great Summer Royal House, they have, it's like a DVC preview center. It's down by, you know, it's kind it's of, just, yeah. as you walk in. Correct, yes. Yeah, so they used to be the old Wyland gar- galleries, I think, and now it's like a DVC preview center. Yeah. Why couldn't yeah, they make that, that like, I mean, I know it would be right next to Captain, I mean, uh, to uh, Trader Sam's. What about making that another bar? Have like, well, because they can't sell DVC at a bar. Yeah, but no. That'd really be the, that'd be the best there, place like, to sell DVC. But who really goes in there? Like, I mean, if you're going to really go buy DVC, you're going to Saratoga for the tour. Why Why would you go? What? At, I didn't go to Saratoga. No, but you know what I'm saying. Like, if you're going to do like. Oh, no, actual, Joe's going to Saratoga. Yeah, Joe's here. Yeah. But I'm saying but like, that's the true DVC preview centers at Saratoga Springs, not at the Polynesian. That's like, well, that's they have these real preview estate. rooms at. Beach Club and Yacht Club as well. Oh, that's, that's a waste of space. Well, that's not the point. I'm just saying you could move the bar Well, it, it's downstairs. one room. It, it's not a huge space there, Joe. Well, I'm just saying, but the, the bar upstairs at Tambu is not a big space either. No. But you could make It's that... bigger than what the space you have in the preview center, I'd be willing to bet. True. And, and I think that's probably the biggest reason is you're not going to have the space. What's the capacity going to be? 15 people? They should have knocked down and make Trader Sam's bigger then. That's not going to happen. No. No. I don't know. I think well. I think it's good. Any kind of, you can approve something that's good. I think the pop up bar is going to be a mess in there now. You have all these like agreed. Yeah, just have all these like random like stay like it, that lobby can barely hold the waiting area for Ohana. It's gonna be it's gonna be a kiosk more than likely. I mean, unless you're getting a, you know for all the lapu lapu yeah. drinks drinkers out there, it's gonna be that's probably that'll be the only people it really affects. I'm sure the, that Disney is going to find a way to get people to Lapu Lapu. Mm-hmm. All right. Anyone have anything they'd like to add? Just in general? <laughs> yeah, in general. I mean... Uh, just, I was talking earlier in the show, uh, Toy Story Land merchandise came out. It's pretty cool stuff. Check oh, it yeah, out. Oh, yeah. I forgot about I'm that. I'm a huge fan of the Slinky Dog. I was a fan of Slinky Dog before there was a coaster named after him. Uh, they got some... Pretty cool stuff where it looks like they're going to have Slinky Dog um, ears, like Mickey ears. Awesome. But 
That looks, that looks pretty cool. Do you, do you think so, the Slinky um, Dog yeah. will last longer than 60 seconds than the ride will do? Nope. I, 60 seconds <laughs> for a roller coaster is absolutely 60 seconds. You know, even the Barnes Dog will get around twice for you. and that's more than 60 seconds. Just wait till uh, the thunderstorms come in and you're waiting in line for that for two, three hours and they're like, we're shutting down because we're outside. Mm-hmm. However, um, our friends over at WDW Magic, which we don't really know them, but it's a great website. They have a lot of cool pictures of um, hypothetical friends, hypothetical friends of uh, Toy Story Land merchandise. So check out their site; it's pretty cool stuff. Yeah, new merch is always good, and then uh, new lands are always good. So Toy Story Land is opening very soon, end of the month. They've already got their cast previews in. Um, I've heard that the. Slinky Dog Dash is not a ride in the sense that Seven Dwarfs is, where you sway back and forth. It's a it's a static line, um, so you're not going anywhere. Off the shelf, baby, off the shelf. Yep, that's exactly what it was. Um, so yeah, that's that's all we got for this week, folks. So we want to thank you for joining us here at the Mickey Dudes. You could find us on the interwebs at. The Mickey Dudes on Twitter, Facebook, and probably Instagram. Um, additionally, you could find each of our rotating commentators spinning in their chairs because they're rotating. <laughs> um, starting with Stephen, where yeah, can they find get you? Get me on Twitter SJM Disney. Kyle, what's up? Where can you be found? Oh. Um, you can find me on the Instagram at Diz underscore pipe. And if I may, I met a fan the other day, Mr. Brian Levine at a tobacco shop in Charlotte, North Carolina. He's a big fan of Disney. Kind of a fan of ours. He says we're funny sometimes. So sometimes. again, thanks for, thanks for listening to us, Brian. That's how we get lit- listener interaction. One person at a time. Who thinks, for, who thinks we're funny sometimes. I'll take sometimes over none. Uh, yeah, sometimes that's about Correct. right. And Joe, where could you be found? Uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Joe Quat. Uh, also over at the resortloop.com DVC roundtable. And happy Father's Day to all you fathers out there. Today is Father's Day. I don't know when the show's going out. Three to all you guys, all you parents out there. I don't have kids. However, I have a lot of respect for you guys because I see what you guys go through. God, God help you guys. God bless you. So this, happy Father's Day. This show probably came out on next Father's Day, so it's kind of it'd, it'd be That's good. Okay. It'd be good. We're good, yeah, we're good for, we got it. Good for twenty nineteen then, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll recycle it for next year. Yeah. <laughs> and I could be found on the Twitter machine at Chuck in the Chat. So thank you all for joining us this week. We hope you have a great next week. And I don't have a catchphrase. We should we're have a catchphrase here. Dave. Dave Sandy I know you're listening. Dave, think of a catchphrase for next week. Hey San Diego. Never mind. No, no, Ron <laughs> Burgundy ruined that one for you. Okay, goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. When you wish upon a okay, star. Okay, bye. You've just listened to another exciting episode at the Mickey Dudes Podcast. You can find the Mickey Dudes on Facebook at the Mickey Dudes Podcast and on Twitter at the Mickey Dudes. If you enjoyed our podcast, please share the love on Stitcher or iTunes. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you again real soon. Should I stop recording? That should be, that should be the ending. I'm not. I'm going to keep that, on going. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Right. <laughs> now you can stop recording. I'm stopping. Now it's a show. <laughs>